Melanie Kaiser, Senior Editor of ClearanceJobs.com, and welcome to this episode of ClearedCast. Today, we're joined by Larry Hanauer, Vice President of Policy at the Intelligence and National Security Alliance, and Jen Savada, Chief Futures Officer and Senior Vice President and General Manager of DoD and Intel at Mission Tech. Jen is also the co-chair of INSA's Intelligence Champions Council. INSA is a co-host of the 2020 Intelligence and National Security Summit, or Intel Summit, taking place completely virtually for the first time this year. Bet you've heard that one before. Happening September 16th through 18th. So there's still time to register. Free registrations for active duty, really discounted student registrations. And considering you can get a roundup of all of the content sessions sent to you, definitely worth the price point and a very kind of relevant conversation for folks across the intelligence community. So thank you so much, Larry and Jen, to come here today to talk about the Intel Summit, what folks can expect from it and why if they can attend, they still should, and there's still time to register. To start off, I'm just going to ask Larry, so just kind of tell me what is the Intel Summit? Who should attend? What can attendees who have already registered expect to get out of the Intel Summit? Well, thanks for having us here to talk about the Summit. We're big fans of clearance jobs, and so we're always happy to talk. The Summit is really the, the premier unclassified conference on the business of the intelligence community. The event, which is now in its seventh annual collaboration between INSA and AFSIA. It focuses on insights from senior officials in both government and industry. So we're going to hear from agency directors, military leaders, CEOs, and other senior industry executives, and a range of subject matter experts from industry, academia, think tanks, and the media. As you mentioned, we've got three afternoons of discussions on September 16, 17, and 18. Uh, we normally get about 1,500 attendees at a big conference center in a, in a normal year. This year, because the event is all virtual and will take place entirely online, we're able to reach people outside the Beltway. We'll be able to share some insights with people outside Washington, and we're expecting well over 2,000 participants. A really big audience, much bigger audience than we normally get, which I guess is, is one advantage of going online. But this is a terrific opportunity for people inside the Beltway and outside the Beltway to gain access to conversations about policy, strategy, resources, and other issues that can inform their work and shape, help shape their business operations and their investments. If you register for the summit, you can also access videos of the sessions. So if you're not able to take part in all of the sessions or you want to watch them again afterwards, you'll have access to video recordings. And as you mentioned, registration is free for government employees and for active duty military. And um, there are some very low rates for students and academics to encourage them to participate too. So people can register at any time on intelsummit.org and hopefully they'll sign up. The preview of a few of the sessions that folks can expect for me, I know near and dear to my heart, they're going to be talking about kind of classified work in the remote environment, a few things like that. What are some other yeah. topics that are going to be on the docket that folks will be, be able to hear about? Sure. Yeah, let me go over a little bit of the agenda. So uh, and we're going to talk about a range of things. So we'll go from everything from current issues that are in the news to longer term issues that affect national security strategy and also opportunities for industry to enhance their support to their intelligence and defense clients. So we'll cover topics like what the post-pandemic intelligence community is going to look like, how Russia is spreading propaganda and how well positioned the U.S. government is to counter it. Will technology enable remote classified work on a broad scale? What investments intelligence community CIOs are planning? And how leaders are thinking about the impact of climate change on the national security mission? And, and also, relatedly, what that means for future contracts or technology investments. But basically, the discussions will fall into three main categories. The one grouping sort of insights on strategic national security challenges. So we'll have plenary sessions with the directors of NSA, NGA, NRO, and DIA, moderated by Sue Gordon 
who's one of INSA's senior intelligence advisors. We'll have a plenary on military intelligence challenges with all six service intelligence chiefs. So we're including the Space Force in this panel, which I think might be a first. We're going to have a breakout on Russian and Chinese disinformation campaigns, a panel on the future of U.S.-China relations after the pandemic, and a panel on climate change. So then in the second category, we're going to focus on technology and innovation in the intelligence community with a discussion of IT challenges with the CIOs of NSA, ODNI, DIA, and CENTCOM, panel on the use of artificial intelligence by the U.S. and its adversaries, principally Russia and China, and then we'll have a session with TED-style talks on the intelligence community's technology priorities with Don Myricks, who's the CIA's Deputy Director of Science and Technology, Catherine Marsh, who's the Director of IARPA, and then from the private sector, Dan Jablonski, who's the CEO of Maxar, and Robert Shelton, who's the CTO of Microsoft Federal. So a number of discussions focused on technology. And then we'll have a, a couple of uh, events focused really on the, the business of the intelligence community. A plenary on public-private collaboration with some senior CEOs and, and senior executives from several leading contractors, including SAIC CEO Nazik Keen and GDIT President Amy Gilliland. David Ignatius from the Washington Post is going to moderate that session, so we think that'll be really interesting. Uh, and then we'll have panels on the future of the cleared workforce after COVID, since that's changing as we as we speak, and a plenary session on improving diversity in the IC, which is something that I think everyone recognizes needs to be improved. So we'll look at sort of what's been done and, and what might be on the horizon going forward. I don't know why anybody would want to attend all that, man, <laughs> and have the sessions available on demand later. So, Jen, I know we've heard you speak before, and you're amazing and have a lot of incredible insights. I also know that you're hosting a happy hour with FCS Epic Community. So other than just that chance to have happy hour with, with Jen, why else should folks attend the Intel Summit? It's really interesting because this is one place that you actually get to see all of the leaders from across industry and government in one place talking about the topics that are most relevant to today's intelligence community. And one of the interesting things is, is that it typically tends to be very industry focused from people who are in the audience. But I went for four years as a military member and the insights that I got that were able to be used on the military government side on what industry was doing from a technology perspective, from trying to push policy changes to being able to enact other unique things that the government really needed. It helped to figure out who to partner with who to understand what the capabilities and technologies that were out there. And that was evident not only in the panels, but also in the trade show that was happening at the same time, which is now going to be done in virtual kiosks. So now you get the benefit of not only being able to see it all virtually, but you also get to experience probably more of it because you can now parse out your time as you need to. And another interesting and really great thing is that you can participate in this anywhere you are in the world without having to pay to travel. And so for all of those people that are part of the intelligence community that are one-offs or they're in a very small communities of the intelligence community across the U.S., you have an, the ability to meet those people and integrate with those people and interact with those people that you might not normally have access to because you live in Huntsville or you live in Colorado Springs or you're out in Silicon Valley trying to pull things into the intelligence community from the tech sector. And so with that, I think that there's so many opportunities that it's just hard to pass up. I know that I have built amazing relationships within the INSA and FCA communities that are part of the, this intelligence network over the last four or five years that have been able to bring game-changing capabilities to the government just through attending the summit and then becoming involved later. 
think that is one of the key things and the benefits this year is that the regional diversity that you can have at the conference and how folks can, having attended in person, it's really impressive and, and amazing in this format of all of these people. Obviously, only so many people can get to the Washington, D.C. Metro. So this year, you really have the chance, like you said, we just released or are in the process of actually releasing some geo reports about the cleared industry here at Clearance Jobs. And as we find, like, there's, I mean, people like Florida, Huntsville, Colorado Springs, you know, California, the intelligence community. Yeah, there's a military presence, but there's also huge intelligence community pockets across the country. So it's great for those folks to be able to really join this conversation and like you said, engage in some networking too. So maybe Larry, you could speak to that. So this format is virtual. How are they kind of making it interactive or participatory? Or yeah. Just kind of how does that work in the conference format? Sure. Well, I mean, the great thing about a virtual format is that, as you said, we can get speakers from outside the Beltway so we can hear from people that we don't normally hear from. And we can also have attendees from outside the Beltway. And all of the sessions are going to have opportunities for attendees to ask questions of the speakers. So we'll get some good questions from people beyond the Beltway who we wouldn't normally have a chance to hear from as well. But, uh, you know, the summit's going to generate the same really interesting insights that we have for the past seven years, even though it's virtual. What's also interesting is, as, as Jen mentioned, we always have an exhibit hall at the conference, at the summit. It's great to be able to walk through an exhibit hall and visit booths from tech developers and system integrators and, and others. But we're going to have a virtual exhibit hall this year that will allow people to uh, sort of walk through, so to speak, the booths just like they would in person. They'll be able to click on the different companies that are exhibiting. They'll be able to watch product demos, download literature, chat with company representatives, exchange business cards. Some of the companies are even raffling off swag, so there'll be some giveaways as well. So the exhibit hall is going to offer an opportunity to see what kinds of technologies are out there and being applied throughout the intelligence community and the defense department as well. And then, as we were talking about earlier, we're still going to do this happy hour that INSA and APSIA have hosted each year at the close of one of the summit days. And those are going to offer networking opportunities, even virtually. Attendees will be able to come online together. We'll have like a game of sort, like a trivia game to kind of keep people engaged. But people will be able to network and request virtual meetings and, you know, and, and sort of exchange contact information just like they would in person. Jen, you're hosting one of the virtual happy hour formats. So what does that look like? And how is how do you make that possible other than carrying your glass to your yeah. Right. Well, so interestingly enough, it is really for young professionals with across the intelligence community. And it's with FCS EPIC, which is the Emerging Professionals in the Intelligence Community and the Intelligence Champions Council. And we are doing just what Larry talked about. We are doing a trivia night where we will have people broken up into groups of five or six. And we are going to have a game show host that will be able to facilitate asking questions. And then people are going to break out into private rooms, talk amongst themselves, collaborate and provide responses back. And there will be a leaderboard so people can actually compete against each other. And there will be prizes for those teams that actually win. That's a heavy motivation right there to get in some, get some prizes and win. And I love that engagement too, because that's a networking piece that really is great about the conference. And so it, it is choose your own adventure. So if you can only attend some of the sessions during the day, I mean, I like that kind of the format switched a little bit as far as like the half day sessions, just because if you're attending anything virtually, you do get the, the laptop exhaustion, but you built in the chance to say like, hey, you're going to sit and have these sessions and then you're going to have these networking opportunities in between. And you're going to have, you know, the virtual exhibit booth open at different times as well. So you can kind of pick and get access to different things throughout the conference. So that really 
obviously makes it worthwhile. And so Larry kind of walked through registration for an in-person conference. We'd be, we'd be getting close here, but virtually you can, you can be a last minute person and still make this happen. Right? No, that's right. There are no airline tickets to buy, no hotels to reserve, none of the the typical frustration traveling across the country to go to a conference. So people can register at any time up till the, the point where the conference starts at intelsummit.org. The sooner the better, and that way you can block time off on your schedule. Lindy, as you as you noted, you know, we didn't want to tie people up all day long sitting at their computer screen. That gets kind of exhausting. And for an in-person event, we really jam the day, you know, full of, of events from eight in the morning till four or five in the afternoon. Because once we get people out of the office and get them on site, we want people to be able to take advantage of all the opportunities they have to network. That's harder when you're sitting in front of a computer screen. So we're going to have events really from just the three afternoons, starting around one o'clock and going till four or five each day. So we think that that offers people the chance to, you know, to still get their other work done or still take care of whatever else they have to do, but still spend a few hours with us every day and learn from some senior officials and network with some peers. So block the time on your calendar now, people. I already had to learn my lesson because I didn't have the time block. People started to schedule time. So I was like, I've got a virtual conference. Register, block the time on your calendar, take advantage again. I think for folks across the country, and we know this, like I was a former Army Public Affairs officer. It kind of makes me sad, but these conferences are where announcements get made that you're not gonna hear other places. They're where you hear from people and perspectives that you're not gonna get access to otherwise. So that's why we as a community attend conferences because those those relationships and those things are happening. Is there anything we didn't talk about or I didn't ask about that you wanted to make sure we highlighted? I think we covered all the all the key points. We really look forward to, to seeing people, so to speak, online. And we think it's gonna be a really, a really interesting set of discussions as Lindy said, uh, an opportunity to learn some insights straight from the horse's mouth from some really senior officials and senior executives, get some insights that will help people set their priorities, maybe adjust their strategies or their, their investments, and get a sense of what's coming down the pike. So we're looking forward to it. And I love the question format, too, that you still have the chance to engage and ask questions. So if you've never attended the conference before, now's your chance to go get those questions asked. And I'm sure they'll be moderated so you don't have the guy who stands at the mic and you're like, man, that was an awful we, we do moderate and we want to, we want to make sure that you know, the questions are professional, screen out the tin, tin foil hat kind of questions, which, you know, sometimes happen. My favorite part about virtual conferences is like, finally, we get to moderate these questions and you can still yeah. see sometimes the, the interesting ones. Like, you know, it's like, we'll, we'll get to that offline, but let's, let's yeah. make this the best. The thing about the audience questions is there's always, there's always more to discuss than we have time for so each of the sessions will have um, what we hope is adequate time to address a fair number of audience questions and, uh, and you know, the speakers will get to whatever they can. But we do want to hear from our audience members because, uh, you know, really it's the participants in the conference who are thinking about issues that people at, at senior levels in government or senior levels in industry might not be thinking about themselves. So they really do help spark different angles on the conversations. So we, we, we hope people will participate and participate actively. Intelsummit.org, visit AFSIA, visit INSEN. You can learn more about the conference and get access to great folks, great speakers, and great content. Thank you again so much, both of you, for bearing with me and for taking the time to chat with us today on ClearCast. This is Lindy Kaiser, Senior Editor of ClearanceJobs.com. Thank you again for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more security clearance news and defense industry information, please visit news.clearancejobs.com.